0: This is an FOU Studios podcast. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Geek xp the show where we get to level up with GXP. As always, I'm your host, Peter the Geek. In the room today we have Hashtag Kill Josh. That would be me, give me your kindness. <laughs> we also have The Amazing Lace. Hi. All right, so we have a very, very special guest today. He's one of my longest friends. He did, he's did. he been writing for the Mission Houses Historic Site and Archive for years. He's done writing for the Milwaukee Zoological Society. And he's finishing up his new play, Neath the Hills of Bastonia. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Zach Woods.
1: All right, Zach, Hello. welcome to the podcast. Oh, 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 welcome, you,
0: welcome. welcome, welcome. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh,
2: I like it. I wish everyone applauded for me when I was uh, talking to them on the phone. <laughs>
0: right. Me too. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Zach.
2: Uh, well, yeah, like you said, uh, Peter, we uh, have been friends for for many moons. Um, many, many
1: moons. Approximately 20, 20, several.
2: <laughs> 25 years, probably. Fuck, point.
0: yeah. I didn't even... Yeah, we knew each other yeah. as infants, apparently.
2: So. As, yeah. Now, I don't remember this. I cannot corroborate that, uh, that claim with any hard evidence, no, but apparently... Here. Apparently it's true. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, So uh, we grew up together. We went to high school, did, did theater in high school together, uh, and then both went to school at uh, University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, where we...
0: Uh, also majored, met Josh! Uh, Hey-oh! And,
2: and Josh, and Josh Gergen, that's right. <laughs> um, get, what is it? Ha- kill Josh? Is hashtag, that what you're calling him uh, now?
0: Hashtag yeah. kill Josh. Kill
1: Josh.
2: Poor Josh. <laughs> that's what I've been saying. Um, yeah, so we were... We were all in the uh, uh, Stevens Point uh, BFA acting program, Mm -hmm. Um, and since then, I have uh, uh, spent some time living in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, (gasps) and uh, have now, for the past several years, been living in uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, where I am currently working as a professional uh, actor, director, and playwright.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, you. I mean, your your work career has been so fascinating since you since you dropped away from college. I mean, as Lacey gasped, "I'm moving, so
1: jealous." Moving
0: to Hawaii <laughs> is not like a, not not something most people get to say they've done in their yeah. It's True.
1: Also, it's most true. people don't do that to pursue their career as an actor. Like, you, people go to New York or L.A. or sometimes Chicago. He was like, "No, fuck that! I'm going to Hawaii." <laughs> I
2: know it was, a, it was a fucking awful idea.
3: Um. Really? Was it? Was it that awful? I mean, come on. <laughs>
2: You know, uh, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's literally a a tropical paradise, uh, but it's not, it's not a great place to live. It's not, um, not my favorite place that I've ever lived. It's, it's, it is a tropical paradise, but I lived in downtown Honolulu right on the end of Waikiki. So it has all the problems that a city, you know, that New York city has, it's, It's big. It stinks. It's hot. It's full of people. You can't get anywhere. Um, you think New York traffic is bad? <laughs> try uh, try. Driving to the North Shore on Honol- uh, on Oahu at rush hour.
0: Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why are you um, dissuading me? Why? I just, I just, Why are you I just, doing just, this? It's still so funny. It's like, oh yeah, I lived in a tropical paradise. It fucking and it sucked. Was horrible. <laughs> I know you. Like
1: he said, I, it's a tropical paradise. Like that was a disclaimer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before the real opinion came out. Right. Right. Uh, right. Well,
0: it, it's like the, when you say, you know, I love them to death, but it's suddenly that I love them to death doesn't matter anymore. <laughs>
2: I mean, it really is a great place and everyone should, should visit there. Um, and, but you know, my mistake was I'm going to go there. Uh, first of all, I completely, uh, misjudged my, my abilities when I graduated from high school or from college, I was like, ah, I'm going to go do film, which was not at all what I should ever have,
3: <laughs> said that I was do,
2: uh, cause I am not a film actor. And, uh, there's almost no theater scene whatsoever um, in in Honolulu. It's very, 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 very small, mm. and uh, there's a huge film scene. Uh, I just got there and got into it and was like, "Oh fuck, I hate film. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: what am I gonna do?"
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, that happens. I, I, it's uh, time-wise. I just want to make sure we keep clipping along because it is just about time to geek,
3: geek out. out!
0: All right, Zach, what are we geeking out about today?
2: Well, uh, I'd like to talk about, uh, I guess, writing uh, as yeah. far as it goes in the horror genre. Ooh.
0: Ooh, Ooh. I like it. So um, uh, specifically with horror, what like what are some of your, your inspirations with writing in horror and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, one of my uh, all-time favorite authors is H.P. Lovecraft. Hmm. Um, who, mm, yes. <laughs> he yummy. Is a delicious, 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 delicious <laughs> Cthulhu. Yummy, yummy. Oh,
1: yes, I'm very familiar with his works, and people will assume yeah. that if I, mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. uh, so I love Lovecraft, and I love uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Lovecraftian uh, pieces that have developed since then. My all-time favorite uh, horror piece is uh, is the, the Brilliant Jewel, Silent Hill 2.
0: Uh, (laughs) such a good game
2: you don't know it you should if you have any interest in horror no I
3: know it it scares the crap out of me
2: It is terrifying uh, but uh,
0: it's, it's brilliant. It's, I mean yeah, it's a it's a brilliant psychological trip as a part of what gets you so much is that it's not it, like it's it, it's it's not jump horror. It's all about the the person and that's why it's so scary as you progress through the, mm. the
1: game. Yeah, and like even as yeah. a person who never actually owned a PlayStation 2 or got to play it, that's still a game that gets brought up constantly the in these conversations of like horror classics. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's legendary. I mean and it and it should be because it was groundbreaking and in so many ways, in its in its writing, in its um, art design, um, in its sound design, it's just mm. a home run in in every aspect except for the gameplay. The gameplay sucks,
0: <laughs> but but I guess is didn't that kind of I mean it is a game so like maybe that uh, did you, do you I mean did it add to it in any way because like it was kind of clunky so like when you wanted to do something it wasn't just like immediately accessible to you or do you you oh, know I
2: I have uh, I have read that theory posed many times. Uh, and I kind of feel like uh, team silent, uh, the design team for it took that argument and was like, yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> um, but you know, the, at the time, um, I, I love to talk about the, uh, the survival horror genre, yeah, which is, uh, which is so different from, uh, most genres of video games um and i would i would characterize that um uh, fixed camera angles are really what makes uh, a survival horror game item uh, inventory management
3: mm-hmm.
2: um a really 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 uh notable lack of items like health items and ammunition and weapons right. um so that the emphasis is not on the combat it's on the um you know, knowing when to fight and when to run away, yeah, and uh, and that is what makes good horror. I think is um, putting you in a situation that you're not prepared to to deal with. Yeah. And, so,
0: wh- why would you say fixed camera angle specifically? Like, I, am honestly, curious why that that is something that came up like the first thing you said.
2: Yeah. Um, well. So fixed camera angles, uh, it's an incredible opportunity to create atmosphere and to set up a scare. Um, you know, in, in like horror movie design and horror, uh, horror game design, uh, mm-hmm. they, they literally refer to scares as gags, um,
1: mm.
2: almost like, a, you know, in a comedy routine. And like a joke, there is a setup and a punchline. And the punchline of a horror gag is the actual scare. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a perfectly executed gag, uh, you know, in in Silent Hill, for example, uh, there's this bathroom in a prison uh, that you go into and you open the door and you walk in and there's nothing in the room and you walk uh, up to this stall that's closed and uh, usually when you Uh, Click on a a locked door. It'll just say, the lock is broken, and it plays the same sound effect. This gives you a different thing. Uh, You hear the sound of you knocking on the door, and it says, there's nobody in there. Um, And then you turn around, and the camera follows you, which is bizarre. Um, And once you get to the exit door the camera has moved away from the stall that you just knocked on you hear this blood curdling scream come out of it so this perfect setup this camera follows you which yeah. it doesn't normally do you knock on this door it gives you a different uh, response than you're used to and then as you're moving away from it uh, you have the, the, the punchline
0: okay it's the fact that you like I, that's something i never would have thought of horror and comedy having the yeah. same structure yeah mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm still kind of reeling from that right now because that that's brilliant. I didn't even, I, 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 I yeah. I, I'm tempted to call it the difference between
1: ah and ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all. I mean, yeah. It's all about the. It, it's the same reason that uh, comedy and drama is all about timing. It's right. It's the com. It's basically just the content of the joke being scary or funny.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. And, a, and a fixed camera angle, you know, can can do really great things for you if the camera is. You know above your character's head, and yeah. you know, there is a large dark doorway ahead of you. Mm-hmm. The, the designers have made it impossible for you to see what you're about to walk into,
3: right? You can't look away, and you also you can't look away, mm-hmm. it's it's it controls that aspect of it. And like it being set up like a joke, it's the same way. In like, um, if you're going to one of those haunted houses in the theme park when they're training the actors, there's always the setup, there's a distraction, and there's the mm-hmm. scare. It's a well orchestrated event, so absolutely, that's, yeah.
0: Man, that, that, I, I, I just think it's so interesting. Josh, did you have something to say? No, I was going to say, how much does
1: this change if you're uh, writing and crafting these situations for the stage as opposed to the screen? Uh,
2: you know, I think that's an excellent question, and that is something that I'm kind of grappling with. I've never uh, actually sat down and had written a, a horror piece before. Hmm. Um I am gearing up to actually. I really have a uh, a Lovecraft-based piece that I want to that I want to create, uh, and I've I've just never seen a horror show on stage before, you know?
1: Right. they, oh, they almost guess. never build a whole show around it. It can be a scene. It can be a moment where uh, you know, a character dies, something like that. But I I also don't think I've seen the
3: only one I've ever heard of was women, women in Black, right? Wasn't that a stage uh, production yeah, yeah, in London? a movie? Yeah, and yeah. And it's apparently, people have said it's like the scariest thing they've ever seen, but I've never personally seen it. I just saw the movie.
0: I mean, most of them I thought were just like dramas that had like scary moments in them. That's how right. I... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think there's such a market for for a horror stage show because yeah. theater is such a fully immersive experience mm-hmm. yeah that, that you can put you know, your audience in the room and you, you have them there, <laughs> you know, you can, cr- you, can you can create whatever experience you want to create. Um, you, can you can lock the doors. You can fully, fully te- lock the doors. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can, you can fully orchestrate that story, wh- whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, at this point I'm kind of going back and looking at some of the, the strong horror writing I, I have, experienced and loved in the past and trying to see how that might translate into a stage play
0: that's interesting mm-hmm. that's really cool well i mean um speaking of writing and, and shows you're doing um neath the hills of bastonia um it's uh I mean, just because i i mean i know you and we've talked about it it's about the battle of the bulge correct yeah yeah correct so can you uh, like just talk to us a little bit about it just, I, i'm i'm interested to hear how you'd like to pitch it how like the pro- something about the process um because we're, we're already talking about writing so let's go into it a little bit
2: yeah, I've been working on it. It uh, has nothing to do with horror. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, left turn. I mean, I guess the, the horror of war. Let's
0: I, mean, that. I mean, yeah, There's sure. That yeah. Same way.
2: Um, yeah, I've been working on it for, for a couple years. years. Um, I'm terrible at pitching it. That is something <laughs> that I need to work on. Um, so uh, what, specifically what it's about is um, uh, in my history writings, uh, a concept that's really fascinating to me is historical perspectivism. Okay. Which, uh, when you explain it, seems really oversimplified, um, which, you know, it's basically just um, imagine yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, it's that history is usually, history is written by the victor. Mm-hmm. We usually get, uh, here in America, we get a very, you know, Eurocentric <laughs> very. Uh, yeah. interpretation of any given historical event. Right. But yeah, I know. I can't believe. Wow, that. what a
3: surprise!
2: Um, and uh, and perspectivism uh, tries to look at it from all different angles. Okay. Uh, so this the Battle of the Bulge. This play that I've been working on is specifically about the uh, the defense of a town, a small town in Belgium called Bastonia that was a crossroads town, and one uh, American division. Uh, held it against um, m- several German divisions, several German armies right. um, which were much better uh, much better equipped um, for for over a week um, Wow and so the the basis of the play is that it tries to tell that story, which we've only ever heard from the American perspective yeah uh, from the German perspective as well as the Belgian perspective.
0: Wow that that sounds really that sounds really interesting because I mean um I mean this is kind of tangent not really but like when you look at um, stuff like Star Wars one of the Clone Wars episodes actually centers on the separatists and it's oh, the, yeah. you go to the separatist council and you hear them talking about the the republic in a complete like it's one of the more interesting like social episodes that that that's ever come out of Star Wars because yeah the separatist leaders are like no the republic so-, like they're all 100% like they're not bad guys they're they're they're, they're good people that are just they're on the opposite side of war for different reasons than the Republic is on that right, side right, of the
2: war. Right. Right. Um, and that's, that was op- absolutely the case with, with Germany in world war two is that obviously you had the, the leadership were <laughs> just terribly deranged people. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Um, that's, that's one you, way to put it.
2: Yeah. That's one way to put it, but you have putting it extremely lightly, um, <laughs> But you had millions and millions of people living in that country day by day and joining the military to support their families yeah. Um, that weren't necessarily, you know, working in concentration camps and mm-hmm. doing things like that. There were plenty of young 18-year-old kids who worked on a farm all their life who ended up in the Luftwaffe, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's 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 just so fascinating that like um uh, for writing any any sort of play, like on top of it, the Battle of the Bulge being like such a it's it's a great uh, centerpiece of like the late half of the of the war as well. it's I, I just I, I love the premise of of the show like in in general, everything seems to converge on a very interesting point, and I'm excited to see it when it when when you finally premiere it. Yeah, me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to say, this is all obviously based on uh, real events. Are you uh, finding, like digging and finding real people that were there to base this around as well? Or are you kind of uh, inventing the story to illustrate the kind of different perspectives that you're going for?
2: So I'm inventing the story and I've invented the characters. uh, But a lot of the people and a lot of the uh, experiences that people have uh, are based on... Uh, you know, kind of composites of real people and real uh, real experiences that real people had. Okay. Um, You know, there's a, for example, one of the characters is a a Belgian nurse, and uh, there were two nurses uh, working in aid stations in Bastonia during the siege, um, and one of them basically uh, just cared for the soldiers by um, you know, feeding them and changing their bandages and asking them about their families. And the other one uh, who happened to be uh, of African descent from the Congo, um, a truly amazing woman, uh, was the one that was like doing the surgery, helping with the surgery and going out into the, onto the battlefield and helping battlefield surgeons drag wounded soldiers to the, you know, uh, medevacs oh, under sure. fire. Yes. Um <laughs> Go girl! So, uh, Go girl! Yeah. So this character is kind of a composite of those two okay. women. Um
0: Very cool.
3: I love her already.
0: I, I was gonna say that. I, yeah. I'm a, that That's a very cool character. Um, from what we've talked about before, is, is it still that the like one of them is like it, they um. It, If I remember, at least one point when you were talking about it, you said there was a German, and then there's an American, too, and they're both um, injured, and they don't understand each other, correct? Or am I mistaking an earlier draft?
2: Uh, It's sort of, um, but that is a major, major theme in the play, is that uh, so much of what separates us is so absurd. You know, language barrier is one thing, that these... This American soldier and this German soldier find themselves in in sim- similar situations. They're both going through the same hell, yeah. um, and yet they hate each other because they were born in a different place and they speak a different language. But they're, you know, the same age. They've seen the same things. Hmm. Um, they're not that different. And if somebody could just help them understand one another, maybe they could, you know, find find peace. Yeah. Sounds... And so that uh, kind of becomes the the nurse's role okay. is that she's oh, cool. multilingual and uh, wow. kind of facilitates an understanding between these two guys.
0: Wow. It's it's a strangely topical show.
3: Yeah, very relevant. Very relevant. <laughs> yeah. Very,
0: very very much it, so. It
2: is. I had a I had a line in there at one point that was, make Germany great again. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't think it's made the final cut. No. no.
0: <laughs> um, so actually, I mean, actually this is a really good segue, actually kind of bringing us back to horror, but staying in this kind of, in the what we were just talking about with. Because our
3: world is terrifying.
0: I mean, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, that's, truly, that truly that too. Terrifying. Truly terrifying. Um, but the idea of shared, like a shared experience experience. Um I think that's a part of what makes so many horror things so interesting is like we some of us have the same fears. Some of us have the same like weird like uh people that have anxiety. Sometimes they see images and people like like that is that's it. That's it. And that like mm-hmm. those kind of ideas are what trigger certain emotions and feelings within us. So I guess that was just kind of a weird me statement being like, oh this can relate to horror, I guess in some way. I don't know.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, totally. And and it's and people, you know, because humanity has evolved you know for thousands of years over the same along the same lines we do have yeah. the same kind of basic fears so
0: yeah
2: um, and I think that that is what's fun about horror is that you know we're all scared of loud noises and we're all scared of pointy teeth you know <laughs> pointy teeth.
3: specifically
0: Very specific. to
2: us <laughs> um, but I, I mean some of the best some of the best experiences that I I have had in my life with my friends are, you know, getting together in a room, a dark room, and booting up a horror game for the first oh, time. And, yes. Um, amnesia. <laughs> amnesia. Uh, <laughs> Peter, Peter and I played a lot of amnesia in college. Yes. Um,
0: <laughs> with a drink in hand and a completely dark room.
2: And, uh, I mean, people, it was so... Crazy. I've never seen anything like that. People yeah. would, like, leave the room crying.
0: <laughs> it yeah, was it's scary, intense. But it's not that
2: scary. It's just a video game. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Being yeah. scared together is, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. I love, I love, well, I like more horror movies. I haven't played a lot of horror games before, but I love that experience of going to see something that is, like, fucking terrifying and sitting in a theater full of people that are also scared, but then you become, like, this, like... Amoeba community of people yep. that are together in yeah. that experience. I love watching horror with other people. Yeah. Not yeah. just because I'm scared to watch it by myself. I watch <laughs> The Ring at 3 a.m. in high school by myself. Let's just, you know, those Oof. are my those are my points there, my my props. But I love watching horror with other people. It's so much fun.
0: There's a really and if funny you could, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, sorry, if, you, if, you could, if you could bottle that and uh, and create some sort of interactive theater piece.
3: There is that
2: plays on that, you
3: know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
3: interactive, inter like um, immersive like horror theater. There's a, an entertainment group called uh, something 30, 30 1031 entertainment 1031 oh. productions. I was on
0: a different level, but yeah, oh, well, I don't know. they what you're do they about.
3: do like a live experience where you like buy a ticket for it and it's you you camp outside and they have people come in and like scare the crap out of you. So it's like a haunted house but you can't get away and it's fully immersive and fully um it's like an adventure you go on to get to survive. I see, it's like a see survival I, kind of thing.
0: I feel like there's a, there's a uh, there's a um a way to do almost like a an escape the room horror kind of thing
3: yeah i have those yeah
0: i feel like there's there's a market like there would be a big market for that
3: yeah
2: and i and i guess i guess what what i feel like is the the difficulty is that that i think i love haunted houses and i think you know entertainment experiences like that are great but i'd like to create something that is inherently a theater piece you know oh, yeah right, okay. where the where the story shines through and it's about the characters okay you as a community are just experiencing it some somehow together and that, and that maybe it can be interactive but uh, but it doesn't fall into that kind of haunted house
3: No sorry yeah. Zach make it write fate. it so I can see it okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. do it do it write it I want you to.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's that, it's that easy. I'm going to sit down yeah, right, when do I, right when I finish
1: this. I'm do it
3: tonight. It do it I'll tonight. It to you. you can whip it together. I have faith in you.
1: <laughs> All right, so, uh, Zach, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people I know uh, are the, they say they're just not the kind of person who likes horror. They don't do horror movies. They're not excited when Halloween comes around. Like, do you have something you say to people like them? Or what are they missing?
2: Uh, I my question I, I have a list of horror movies uh, that I always pull out. So have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And mm-hmm. usually they say no, 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 no. Well then you don't know because so often you don't see you don't see horror with a good story and good characters. Yeah. You
1: just see this schlock. You see Saw um, Five and <laughs> Saw Five. What's on your five. What's
3: on your list? I want to know what your what your picks are. Uh, Alien. Okay. the first one
1: yes, yes. master uh the thing
3: mm-hmm.
1: yes the, the, the john carpenter one yeah the john carpenter
2: john carpenter's thing is i think one of the greatest horror movies ever made so good um let's see what what would be uh I, the shining
1: It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a good mm-hmm. one. Oh yes a very good one and i actually haven't seen that one that was the first one on the list i haven't seen i've never seen the shining oh it's good really yeah you, you oh, want to really yell at me i've never seen the godfather
3: um, <laughs> I haven't either it's okay
1: <laughs> I mean that is a lot
2: of hours to sit there and watch yeah. uh, Marlon Brando with cotton in his mouth It's, uh, <laughs>
0: really it, it, it's also it an good. it's an energy commitment as well yeah. like, it's 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 a thing it's a whole mm. thing the, but um, if
2: you but if you look at if you look at those three movies you know they are they are very plot driven and they are and they are very character driven you know all of the scares aren't just there for the sake of scaring you, you know, uh, uh, the movie creates a very specific, very deliberate atmosphere and, and tension, uh, that is all rooted in the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know alien is, uh, I mean, alien is fantastic, but I, I, I meant to say th- the thing is one of the, the first ones that struck me as like where I, I was scared for every single character at any given yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it does such a good job of making you second guess the in, everybody and everything, and I think that's one of the reasons it's good is because you're you're not it's not like a oh okay I, there's a jump scare about like you, you, it's whenever I go into horror movies, especially the not good ones, so mm-hmm. often like it it doesn't affect me because like yeah you're kind of like all right so it's gonna be scary let's do this mm-hmm. but when yeah but I, the point you made is so good that yeah when the story and the plot are driving this horror element that that is what makes a change from being. Like, oh, it's a scare scare slasher horror flick, to this is a movie. And
1: I want to say the thing about all three of those movies is that the actual uh, scary component of it, be it the monster or the alien or whatever it is, they were were unknown factors the entire time. Like, you you barely see the alien for the last couple Mm -hmm. frames of the movie. Uh, You... At any moment, you have no idea who the alien is in the thing, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's really about that kind of hiding the ball and not showing your hand.
0: Well, and The Shining, there's so much of it that's like, "What is this reality? Is is this actually happening?" Like, there's so much of it's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Because you yeah. don't know at any given moment what is yeah. either what is reality or what is happening or what is. Yeah, yeah. It's.
2: I think I think if you if you look back, if we go back to this kind of comedian joke analogy. Yeah. That that a really 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 great comedian um is so good at just holding you there uh with them the yeah. whole time and they're so engaging that you don't see the setup.
1: Mm-hmm. That the yeah. setup is
2: so subtly introduced that the punchline takes you completely by surprise and because of that it's all the funnier. Yeah. and really really good horror gags you know like when you go see lights out or some crap like that you know you can you can sit there and you can be like oh that was the setup oh there's gonna be a jump scare in three two one aha
0: Um,
1: (laughs) oh my gosh she closed the mirror and there was someone behind her yeah Right? right but but nothing i mean there's that you guys have seen the thing, right? Yeah, most yes. of you. It's
3: the only There's one that- I haven't seen.
0: You got to go see it. I'm
3: doing a lot of um, mm, mm while you're talking. Oh that- yes. <laughs> oh yes, yes. The thing, of course.
1: Mm. <laughs> Do go that on.
2: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant scene where he's testing the blood.
1: Yeah, I was. That was in my mind just now. I was just thinking There's, about that.
2: Yeah, you can't see this. The whole because the whole scene is so masterfully tense yeah it's all set up mm-hmm. that when the when the punchline comes when he you know he's he's <laughs> you know who you think yeah. the alien is and, the- and you're waiting for it to be him and then he says oh i'm gonna test you next and like halfway through his line he's testing the blood sample he's got yeah and it freaks out you know that is that's
1: brilliant horror right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Cuz like yeah you, you're expecting the jump but it it also comes yeah ex- yes at a moment you're not expecting it like I mean Josh and I both do a lot of comedy. I mean mm-hmm. with, with Batsu and everything. Um and you you're so right the more the the more the setup for like and I mean quick with challenges just trying to come up with, you know, one-line jokes as quickly as you can but anytime right. you you know you have a good punchline and you can just deliver it simply before you give the the punchline. The audience loves it that much more. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I I love it. I it's it this is stuff that I again never really would have thought of. So actually I do now want to I mean with uh, circling all the way back to Silent Hill 2 um yeah. with everything we've been talking about you the, the bathroom scare um when we talked about the fixed camera angle where there um this is this is something you and I have talked about a a, a lot a lot but I want to actually bring it up. Because um, its pyramid head is the the main like focal like juggernaut of fear in this game.
2: He's the, the big bad, I, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the, the big bad. Um, uh, in in your opinion, why why is that that figure and that scare such an effective tool in the storytelling of Silent Hill Two?
2: Well, I think that um, I think that something that American. So the, the American sensibility has ruined Pyramid Head.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> that
2: he has become this, like, kind of boogeyman in the series. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, shoehorned him into later games, and they shoehorned him into the movie. Yeah. Um, and in Silent Hill 2, uh, you know, you play as uh, James Sunderland, who is just this kind of everyman protagonist. And the premise is he, his wife has died three years ago from a from an unnamed disease. And, uh, Silent Hill was their special place and he gets his letter three years after her death that says, come to Silent Hill, I'm waiting for you. And he is just drawn there for some reason, despite the fact that he knows she's dead. And, uh, Pyramid Head kind of functions as a foil to him. Um, he's kind of like his, uh, his personal, you know, the devil on his shoulder. He's there, uh. Uh, punishing him for the sins of his past. And he's such an effective character in it because he's so personal, uh, mm-hmm. personally connected to the protagonist. Yeah. It's not just like a a big scary looking monster that right. has a jump scare uh, now and then he, you feel a connection to him and that connection is what's scary.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean it's, he also just comes out at very specific moments. Like, mm-hmm. and like you're saying to punish for sins and right. it, it's been a while since I've played it, but isn't, isn't like the most of the times you see him, like just after you find out details like that? Um, Again, it's been a while. I might be extrapolating.
2: Sort of. Sort of. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Mostly they're, they're, they're big. They save him for big set piece moments in the story. Yeah. Um, he's really instrumental in moving the action forward, which is, you know, good writing.
0: I mean, yeah 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 yeah, definitely he's a um, he's
2: a strong character but he's also a plot
0: device i mean yeah and, and and brilliant design too like talking about like weird horror things like it's i mean that entire game has interesting like just character things like the mannequins they' it's it's all legs and there's all kinds of symbolism behind that there's yeah
2: every every uh monster in the game is somehow sexual
0: yeah which it, it's yeah it's uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting and a very eerie presence mm-hmm. when you really look at it. One of, and one of the other things I appreciate about what Silent Hill 2 does is y- it's not one of those games that, like, um, uh, a good, actually a really good parallel is Stranger Things. There's the mm. upside down, and then you're not in the upside down. Mm-hmm. Then you're in the upside yeah. down, then you're not. But this one, you're just in the upside down the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, in my opinion, that's a part of what makes it so such an effective storytelling piece. Because unlike the Upside Down, it's not like you can really tell that you're in this other dimension, except for the monsters and everything fucked up that's happening. Right. It's just you're you're you go to Silent Hill, and suddenly you're just in Silent Hill, and it's weird. But it
2: has this really interesting uh, purgatory vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and every every character that you meet in now in silent hill 2 this is true i feel like the other games really start to take this idea off the rails but in silent hill 2 it feels like everyone is there for a specific reason because of something that's happened to them or something that they've done Mm -hmm. and that their perception of the town is totally different that you're seeing things through james's eyes and because you know he's he's thinking about his wife um all the monsters are kind of sexual because they are symbolic of his sexual frustration um but there's a little girl in the town who doesn't see monsters and uh there is a woman who was uh, abused by her family members sexually abused by her family members and there's one monster that you encounter that she sees as her father um hmm, I didn't know. And that, none yeah. of this is like laid out for you either. It's just kind of passing dialogue that you can miss entirely if you're not paying attention.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's effective effective plot writing right there. Yeah. I mean I have to I actually have to clockwise say that we've been talking for over half an hour now. What? Um
3: <laughs> no, no!
0: I mean, it, it always happens where it's you never you never expect it to be a half an hour after a conversation like this. But um, we've now hit plus 10x speed, just 10 minutes where we can uh, ask specific questions that we might have thought of that we weren't able to come back around to because of the way the conversation was going. Um, I know I have one right off the bat. Do you go ahead? OK, so um, there's a there's a horror game that you introduced me to not that long ago. Um, I'm, I've, I always forget the name. Is it Shades of Fear? Layers of fear. Oh, layers of fear. Yeah. Layers of fear. And when we were talking about the, the horror being comedy setup gag kind of stuff, uh-huh. that game doesn't, it's so effectively, and it's it a, does. a moment I'm never going to forget. Um, for, uh, I guess, really quick premise of the game, um, I'm, I'm going to do a terrible job. It's you're a painter, correct? Yep. And uh, it's this really interesting psychedelic journey for you. And at any any given point, at least in the game, I never knew if this was like a reality or a dream or a nightmare or uh, what it was. But you, as you're going through this house, it's just masterfully artful for how the, how the horror elements just bleed around you. And there's a moment where you're walking down a hallway and you there's a this weird ass painting that's kind, of, that's just kind of like, what the fuck? OK. And you go into the room and you turn and there's no doors. So you turn to go out and then suddenly the wall that you were, had come from is, is gone. Like, there's, there's no, no door for you to go to. It's so like, okay. You turn back around, and that weird painting is now the size of the entire wall. Mm-hmm. And, like, the game just does all kinds of just weird stuff like that that, yeah. put, that unnerves you. There's one where um, you go into a kitchen... And you, tr- you try to exit and you can't. And then you turn around and a painting that has all kinds of fruit starts, the fruit literally starts bleeding out of the painting and hitting the counter knives start moving. Like it's just, it masterfully like puts you on edge by doing twists and turns like that. Mm-hmm.
2: There is no way that that design team didn't just like sit around Drop a bunch of acid. <laughs> I was and just that's gonna say.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. You're so right that, that there's no way they didn't come up <laughs> with that when they were doing something. But yeah, I just want—I guess that was less of a question and more of like I just wanted to bring up that game.
1: Right, I was about to make fun of you for not ending in a question mark. Like, that, that was, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I could have just opinions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I, I love that game. Yeah. I totally agree. I that's one of my that's one of my top five horror games.
1: All right, of all time. Okay, so so I've got a a question, and it's not related to horror specifically, and it might seem kind of dry, but I'm curious about, like, you are a playwright. You're a writer. Mm -hmm. How much of uh, your process is, like, planned? Do you need to, like, make yourself get in front of a laptop every single day, or do you wait till like, inspiration kind of hits? Uh,
2: Well, um, uh, a lot of it is (laughs) deadline-based.
1: Okay, that's a fair (laughs) answer.
2: (laughs) So, uh, you know, I kind of... um, I do kind of plan ahead that I, that I get my contract and this is when my deadline is. And I, uh, just go through my calendar based on, I I don't believe, you know, a lot of people will tell you, you you got to write a thousand words every day or whatever. And and to me, yeah. And to me, that seems really constricting because there's so much pressure on you. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you don't meet your daily goal, then You you kind of beat yourself up. You feel like you failed, right? Right. So I think it's effective to just look at your schedule through your deadline. This is when I have time. This is when I don't have time. And uh, I think it's important to to forgive yourself for not
3: meeting your (laughs) goals.
2: (laughs) I was going to write six pages today, and I wrote six words. Oh, well. I'm mm. gonna go play video games and eat some ice cream set, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, you did a lot of writing for the mission houses of in um, Hawaii. Um, it, yeah, I just submitted a draft on Friday, actually. <laughs> wow I mean, that's a yearly gig for you, right?
2: It is. Yeah, it's an annual gig. Um, i I'm now in the sixth, sixth or seventh year of it. Wow.
0: So yeah, I mean yeah. that's so that I mean I mean, off of Josh, that's a very deadline-based thing, I guess. So that you know, you know when it has to be done. So yeah,
3: I have a question. I'm just going to yeah. sneak in here. Um, I'm going back to the horror video games because it's. All, I love horror. Um, okay, so as someone that has just started. Like, I literally started playing Breath of the Wild Zelda, like, a couple months ago, and now it's completely consumed my life. It is the (laughs) only video game that I, like, current video game, like, I used to play, you know, Mario, obviously, like, back in the day, and things like that, Donkey Kong or whatever. But now I'm more, I'm getting more into video games, and what I'm asking is, as someone that's never really, like, played a horror video game before, but loves horror, I love movies, I love all that stuff, what would you recommend as, like, the horror video game starter pack? (laughs)
2: I like yeah. That. Um. Well, I I think that um Silent Hill Two right. is just the ultimate.
3: It's, you think it's, it's the best?
2: in so many ways. I mean, it's, it's so good. the 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 draw, the only drawback is that to starting with it is it's so fucking scary. A.
3: <laughs>
2: and that B, if you start there, you will be disappointed by everything F, else yeah, you play yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But what's good about it is that so many uh, so many of the really good horror games that are coming out now are so high pressure um, Mm -hmm. that if you're not an experienced gamer and you are prone to fear in stressful situations, you you can't play the game because you're just like (laughs)
0: like, you're just so stressed out.
1: I, I had something like that happen when I was playing Alien Isolation. Yeah,
2: rage
1: quit, fear quit. (laughs) Yeah, basically, I was just like, I, I can't get past this one section. I've been trying, like, the alien keeps showing up, and I can see it on my little motion detector. (laughs) <laughs> and you've and you've got like a wrench as your defense.
0: Wrench, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So I I'm, guess what, I've seen I've seen so many people p- play these scary games, and the second they hear like the I, amnesia in particular,ly uh, I, 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 you oh, know, yeah, you yeah. hear that monster scream, somebody immediately presses pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
3: I'm done, okay, but I love a challenge. So what's am, amnesia?
0: Amnesia. It's um if you have a PC, uh, oh. Steam is a great way to get a lot of these okay, cool. a lot of these horror games.
3: It's gonna. But happen. what's great?
2: amnesia i don't know that i could recommend a worse starter game (laughs) (laughs) um but what's great about silent hill is that it's so scary but it's also it's easy like the combat is really awkward but like you don't have to fight if you don't want Want to to. you can just run around and literally run around the monster they're all pretty slow (laughs) um you can—it's got a really great function on it where it uh, it lets you choose your your like battle your combat difficulty, but then also your riddle difficulty. Oh. There's a lot of puzzles, so you can do like easiest combat mode and like super hard riddle mode. You know. And that gives I you a lot of flexibility. I didn't
0: realize that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah.
1: really cool that those are separate options.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I guess um even like we're talking very specifically about Silent Hill two and then like Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of like the IP or like the branding, I guess Silent Hill as a genre, even though they're not all great, that I guess Silent Hill as the IP would be a recommendation. Alright, it's happening. Um I know Resident Evil has gone through a lot of weird iterations. The older ones were really good survival horror. The newer ones became action games, but uh,
2: the new one is terrific. Oh,
0: I haven't played it.
2: Um, yeah, the new one's really good, really uh, back to the roots, um, but also, I mean, it's, it's first person,
0: oh. um,
2: so that totally shakes things up.
0: Yeah, and, um, and then um, I, ha- I had another one, and I just lost it. I'll have to think on it for a second.
2: Anything, anything created by Frictional Games is terrific. Um, they make Amnesia. Uh, they have a really, really wonderful game called Soma. Soma yeah it's about like robots uh it's futuristic it's underwater um it's kind of like bioshock okay
0: Mm.
1: uh bioshock is
2: really terrific too
1: right right it's not quite in the horror like but there are there's some real suspense elements in the first one especially
0: i mean yeah it's also just such an like like some like uh what uh, what was the artist's name um with the with the rabbit uh sander cohen sander cohen like that character it's not straight up horror But you're uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty goddamn scary. Yeah, (laughs) kind of off
3: topic, but did you guys see the Black Mirror episode playtest about horror video games?
0: I have not.
2: Oh, Oh. I I was in and out. I saw bits and pieces of
3: it. You gotta watch it. It's great. Anyway, I've heard
0: I've heard Black Mirror is amazing. I haven't I haven't. I started watching. watching My
2: my girlfriend was watching Black Mirror, and I like walked in when that guy was about to fuck the pig.
0: Oh yeah. And I was like,
2: "What are you watching?" (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh my God. What's this? I What's never want to watch this
2: show again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes. I saw the uh, um, the one with the the cell phones and everybody filming that one girl who's uh, like wakes, wakes up with amnesia. I don't want to give like the, the, any of the turns away. This one it's so unsettling. The uh, whole show is so like yeah. It really is. So um, I, I I also always hate being the better of bad news, but we're at 45 minutes now, which means we have to bring the show to a close. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. This was a lot of fun, though. Like, Zach, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Of course.
2: Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah. This was great. I mean, I feel like I leveled up today. We had a lot of great conversation. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. But, Solid yeah. geek time. Uh, yeah. it, <laughs> it's time for everybody to sign off, I guess. Uh, as always, I'm Peter the Geek. I'm Hashtag Killjosh.
3: And I'm the Amazing Lace.
0: Zach, as always, thank you again.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: All right. And we'll see you guys at the next level. And we're clear. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you liked Geek XP, help us out by becoming a contributor on our Patreon. We have bonus content, raffles, and more at patreon.com slash yourgeekxp. Geek XP is recorded live at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Peter Hargard. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FLU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the Senior Producer of Podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To connect with the geeks, follow us at YourGeekXP on Facebook and Twitter. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com.